Welcome to the European Vascular Podcasts. Our guest speaker today is Carlota Fernández Prendes. This is a European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery editorial. Translating Evidence into Practice, Surveillance After Carotid Interventions, an editorial by A. Rossnailer. Everyone is a pioneer of his own experiences. No one can eliminate prejudices, just recognize them. Ed Morrow, 1955. As a trainee then consultant in Edinburgh and Leicester, duplex ultrasound surveillance following carotid endarterectomy was adopted during the performance of randomized controlled trials and audit projects, but then dropped following their completion. Since 2002, no Leicester carotid endarterectomy patient has undergone serial post-operative duplex ultrasound surveillance. The main reason is the absence of compelling evidence that such a strategy prevented stroke in the territory of the operated and or non-operated carotid artery. By contrast, Leicester does offer serial duplex ultrasound surveillance following carotid artery stenting. This is because it was perceived that carotid artery stenting was associated with higher restenosis rates than carotid endarterectomy, which might translate into higher rates of late ipsilateral stroke if left untreated. To any independent observer, this clearly represents polarized practice based on experience and prejudice with little quality evidence to justify either surveillance strategy. Few guidelines provide recommendations regarding the management of restenosis, although all advise that patients with symptomatic 50-99% to restenosis should undergo redo, carotid endarterectomy or stunting, with the choice reflecting local expertise or preference. The real controversy relates to the management of asymptomatic restenosis. The 2011-14 Society guidelines advise that most asymptomatic restenoses are benign and can be treated medically, while suggesting that there might be a role for reintervening in carotid endarterectomy patients with asymptomatic stenosis of preocclusive severity. However, meta-analysis suggests that two-thirds of patients undergoing restenosis re-interventions are asymptomatic, suggesting that surgeons and interventionists are reluctant not to re-intervene. Preparation of the 2017 European Society for Vascular Surgery Carotid Guidelines required me to address my own personal prejudices regarding duplex ultrasound surveillance. Rather than relying on the usual observational study data, the recommendations were largely based on new meta-analysis on rates of stroke ipsilateral to asymptomatic 70-99% to restenosis that had not been subjected to redo, carotid endarterectomy or carotid stenting. The unique features of this meta-analysis were, first, that it caused randomized controlled trials rather than retrospective observational studies, offering better independent scientific scrutiny, and, second, that eight randomized controlled trial principal investigators overseeing 4,803 randomized patients were asked to review their duplex ultrasound surveillance records in order to provide stenosis severity data for the surveillance scan which preceded stroke onset, rather than reporting stenosis severity data after stroke onset, which had otherwise become the norm. To date, these are the best available prospective data to guide surveillance strategies. 
The meta-analysis observed that restenosis rates over 70% were 10% five years after carotid stenting versus 6% at four years after carotid endarterectomy. However, contrary to intuition, an asymptomatic, untreated 70-99% to restenosis after carotid stenting was hardly ever associated with late ipsilateral stroke only 0.8% at four years, compared with 2% risk of late ipsilateral stroke in carotid stenting patients with 0 to 69% restenosis. Odds ratio 0.87 with a 95% confidence interval of 0.24 to 3.21. By contrast, an untreated asymptomatic 70-99% to restenosis after carotid endarterectomy was associated with a small but significantly higher risk of late ipsilateral stroke, 5.2% at 3 years, compared to a 1.5% risk of late ipsilateral stroke in patients with 0-69% to restenosis, odds ratio 4.77, 95% confidence interval 2.29 to 9.92 an approximate absolute risk difference of 3.7%. The theme of this debate is translating evidence into practice. In the past, I was probably guilty of translating prejudice into practice, and I have now decided to adopt most of the 2017 European guideline recommendations. First, and in a change to my historical practice, I now see no role for routine serial duplex ultrasound surveillance after carotid stunting, with the caveat being that the very rare carotid stenting patient who suffers a late ipsilateral transitory ischemic attack or stroke should seek urgent medical assistance. The meta-analysis suggests that if we retained our practice of surveying and re-intervening on asymptomatic 70-99% to stenosis after carotid stenting, 97% of ipsilateral late strokes would still occur. However, I am still not minded to advocate routine serial duplex ultrasound surveillance after carotid endarterectomy, even though the 2017 European guidelines advise that re-intervention may be considered in carotid endarterectomy patients with an asymptomatic 70-99% restenosis following multidisciplinary team review, class 2B, level B. My rationale for not offering routine duplex ultrasound surveillance after carotid endarterectomy is that with an absolute risk difference of about 3.7%, once the perioperative risks of redo endarterectomy or stenting are factored in, overall stroke prevention will be absolutely minimal and not a cost-effective use of resources. However, and in a change to my previous practice, I would now advocate serial duplex ultrasound surveillance in endarterectomy stenting patients who displayed evidence of a critical fall in intraprocedural cerebral blood flow that might otherwise render these patients more likely to suffer stroke if any future asymptomatic restenosis progressed to occlusion. The European guidelines advise that patients with the following criteria should be considered for duplex ultrasound surveillance and reintervention. 1. Onset of neurological deficit, coma or seizures during carotid clamping with endarterectomy under local anesthesia. 2. Onset of neurological deficit, coma or seizures during balloon inflation or proximal flow reversal during stenting. And 3. Significant electrophysiological abnormalities and or mean middle cerebral artery velocities under 15 centimeters per second during carotid clamping with endarterectomy under general anesthesia.
intuitive reasoning and prejudice, and perhaps some financial reasons, have dominated decision-making regarding surveillance after carotid interventions. The latest data, which underpin the European guideline recommendations, suggest that evidence rather than prejudice can now be used to develop pragmatic surveillance strategies. The full reference to this editorial is European Journal Vascular and Endovascular Surgery 2018, Volume 56, pages 298 to 299.